to you direct from Briz Vegas, Australia. We are four music fans who have agreed to disagree on just about everything in popular music. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords, your humble host, and a real-life meatloaf fan. I'm joined by my three bats out of hell, Lord Brett, your own Kenny G, and your long-haired lover from Coochie Mudlow, Lord Al, the Enigma. He loves the obscure, but won't deny the heavy metal youth in his closet, and Lord Kev, still keeping up that fake Irish accent, if only to deride anything that ever sold more than five copies. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Thank you very much for joining us. Episode. Whoa. Wow. Is that impressive? <laughs> That's it. That wasn't a sound effect, folks. That was real Aussie thunder, people. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 90 of the Lords of Loud, and we're into another decade, aren't we? 90 episodes down. And speaking of loud, there's well, a, the there's a thunderstorm one. of energy. The heavens in have the opened room up above us. Outside. That's right. So you might hear some lightning and thunder uh, while we record this. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Exactly. All right, so on tonight's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about Aussie bands who uh, really do punch above their weight on the world stage, um, or who you know who were maybe even pioneers in a certain genre worldwide. Uh, but I might throw to you, Kev, later to explain what we're actually going to be talking about there. But because first, I would know, because <laughs> you're all about that. So yeah. Aussie. We're going to turn to the the number one Aussie in the room, yeah. Lord Kev. Um, <laughs> But of course, before that, we're going to do album of the week, and I've got album of the week this week, and it's a, to me. It's a lovely little album by a, a well, a reissue actually by a little-known uh, British band, uh, the Beatles. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, the reissue. Who, who's of that band? Let it be. <laughs> um, and this is the latest Beatles album to receive the Giles Martin treatment, uh, getting remixed and sort of remastered for the 50th anniversary. It was supposed to come out last year, but of course with all the Covey nonsense, um, had to be delayed to this year. Now this is part of a a broader project, uh, broader get back project, which includes a six hour documentary coming later in the year uh, (laughs) uh, around the Let It Be sessions, which this album has taken from. This is the last album released by the Beatles almost posthumously, because they were essentially broken up by the time the album was released, Uh, but it was the second last set of recordings they did, with Abbey Road being the final actual recordings they did. Should just be called Leave It Be. Leave It Be. (laughs) So anyway, do yourself a favour, get out and check the new mix of uh, Let It Be. Uh, They've done a really good job again, as they have with the previous albums that they've remixed. Uh, And let's hear a little bit of Two of Us from the album now. Painting a Pygmy by Charles Hawtrey and the Deaf Aids. Phase one in which Doris gets her oats. It was almost uh, uh, 
a, a false hope, wasn't it? Because that song, the, the opening of the album, you know, the close harmonies, mm, Paul mm. and John. You can imagine in the front room of of yeah. of was it John's aunt's place, whatever, practicing that's whatever, right. and, playing and I think that that's one. what this documentary is going to reveal. Finally, is um, you know the original Let It Be film very much told the story of a band in decline and a, and a band on the verge of breakup, mm, etc. Mm. Um, this new Peter Jackson led project really does talk more about the fun they were having and, and, yeah. and the, the good times they had. And, and it was this, this album, you know, they got the one after 99, which is a song yeah. they wrote when they were like 15 or something, 16. <laughs> um, one of the first songs they wrote together. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's almost like them going back and revisiting some of that yeah. stuff that they, they did love when they first started playing music. And you know, they do a lot of covers of, of some of their favorite fifties, uh, um, R&B things and that, yeah. you know, in the in the outtakes of, of the sessions, you know, so. Clutching Peter. straws, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the last desperate attempts. Peter Jackson includes career. some uh, hobbits as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of great special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Wizards yeah. and stuff, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Right in there. Hopefully a big CGI type of Yoko Ono coming into the recording <laughs> station. <laughs> well, the whole, yeah. the whole Beatles thing is kind of like some undead, you know, creature. That just you know refuses yeah, wow. to uh, <laughs> be banished. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ignore all that bullshit and actually <laughs> get out and check out the uh, new Giles Martin remix of "Let It Be." Beautiful. All right, Kev. Okay, I'll throw to you to explain what the hell we're talking about on tonight's episode. Tonight's episode. Good on you, genre. Oh, um, that's good. Right? Good. Yeah. yeah. So this came to me um, driving driving home from New South Wales, listening to the Easy Beats. What an amazing. A bunch of um, songs they were able to put together in such a short period of time and how they were like oh just in the pocket with that you know Merzy beat sound almost mm. like the, the real early kind of you know 60s uh, the energy of it they just were right on on time mm. in Australia mm. quickly almost uh, almost before um, not before the Beatles, but before the Beatles become the phenomenon that they were, they were recording things like, you know, Friday My Mind. And um, I was thinking about other bands, you know, we'll get to some of those tonight, definitely, so I'll not steal thunder, but, like, there are some amazing acts in Australia who have just gone worldwide by either defining a genre, creating one, or just, uh, you know, doing whatever you want to do within the world of music. So... One way of understanding music is to say, chop it up into those bits and pieces. So we've gone out, we've asked the Lords after some discussion, why don't you go out and see which acts for you exemplify an Australian at the top of their particular area of music, you know, just really, um, 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 yeah, doing that, just um, defining a genre. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, right. that was that was the basic... Um, Idea, premise. Yeah, yeah, premise, you know, brief. <laughs> and um, yeah, it all came from that, you know, that sort of chat we had. So okay. uh, who wants to lead us off maybe with an example? What have you what have you done, gone out and found? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can. I can. Oh, actually. Go over does it. anyone else want to jump in? I no, can jump no, in. Please. Um, so I've gone with Men at Work. Um, yeah, one of the first, well, not one of the first, one of the bands that, well, they were the first band to have a uh, US Billboard number one. Mm. Um, Australian band. 
So that was you know, yeah. certainly a new, you know, Australian new wave band. Well, we'll um, get to this because I think there's a subgenre of Scottish Australian bands. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. This is where the real. This is where. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But sure. Colin here originally from. Sure, Scott. Yes, yeah, Scott. And look, yeah, you, you only got to look at um, you know ACDC and like you mentioned, yeah. Vander and Young. You know, Young. Um, Vander and Young were the primary songwriters in the Easy Beats. Yeah, you know, that was Young, as in the one of the brothers of. of you it's, know, it's just Angus a weird. Young. It's a weird subgenre. There's a lot thing, of yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of lot of stuff there. Like you say, there's a lot of yeah heavy uh, Celtic, certainly Scottish influence. Um, but yes, Men at Work, Colin Hayes, frontman there, uh, formed in 1978, went on to have a massive, massive um, first album. Um, you know, and which, like I say, became the first. It was actually the the album and the and the single um, became the US number one. So now the first yeah. band to break break that on the international mm. stage, and you know they went on to have a couple of other hits and that. Um, but they were really that. As far as you're talking about genres, they were the first Australian new wave band to show that they could compete at that world stage level. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so I'm going to play uh, "Who Can It Be Now" uh, from uh, Men at Work. interesting in it because it's uh the thing that always gets me and maybe it's somewhere what you're thinking kev is the the tyranny of distance and the our tiny population uh means uh, for some of these bands it shouldn't have worked right mm. well there's yeah it's certainly mm. when you talk again going back to the easy beats because they were the pioneers of, of australian of mm. australian acts on a world stage mm. um you you couldn't make it from Australia. You, those bands literally had to go to the UK yeah. and get record contracts in the UK, yeah. and then and build a following, and then and then take on the world from there. That you couldn't even attempt to take on the world from Australia yeah. as an Australian base. Do you yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Men at Work were one of those first groups that could show that no, we can we can record here, we can you know do everything here, and then still have hits overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if that's part of like what made those Australian bands, once they made that leap and made the success, like their energy to do that, that led desperation to be heard outside of Australia, you really had to be driven. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or flown. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 had to, you had to have a you know, work ethic. Was, maybe. You just yeah. had to have double the work ethic. You had to ethic want of, it. You know, Something yeah, like that. Yeah, bands, yeah, 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 yeah. To actually, you know, put the energy into getting yourself from Melbourne, Perth, yep. Brisbane, and across overseas and gigging yeah. and all that. Like, perhaps by the time you you coalesced as a band around an idea and mm. did that, mm. well, you know, you had you'd already there's something, there's put something a lot to be into said it. for the the foundry that Australian bands have here in that pub scene of that just that gigging, constant gigging. Yeah. You know, 
honing your craft before yep. Yep. getting a contract, before then trying to take on the world. And bands like NXS and people like that were, yeah, you know, absolutely. ultimately, you know, um, but you know, born out of that ethic as yes. well. Yeah. Well, it's not, you know, it, it's no uh, miracle that a band like ACDC is still touring now. Like the, you talk about work ethic. I mean, yeah, those guys yeah. just they just keep going. They just mm. keep grinding away yeah. and doing mm. the same thing they've been doing for you know. They're just looking at, you know, Keith and Mick in the, in the <laughs> going round laps ahead of them and going, we're not letting them out of yeah. sight. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, that's right. 78, that's nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess the genre is like electro-pop, you know? It's 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 very much chart music. Yes. Mm. It's yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah. Trying to yep. yeah, and, they, and they did. They made the, the, the records and then, of course, lost pretty much everything they made thanks to someone suing them over. Mm. Um, I mean, yes. uh, Land Down Under, one of the most atrocious um, lawsuits ever, you know, uh, filed outside mm. of Verve and the Rolling Stones. But um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a good example of uh, of that, you know. And Alan, did you have or? or oh no, I think uh, I think Brett. Had Brett's going to sure. Yeah. So so this so I've uh, I've chosen the Saints and and what what's so unusual about these guys. Um, uh, you know, they formed in, in 73, Chris Bailey and Ed Cooper, um, and they recorded I'm Stranded in 76. And and despite uh, being one of the early pioneers of punk and from Australia, uh, they're recognised uh, by it. So Bob Geldof's uh, famous quote in regards to them is that rock music in the 70s was changed by three bands, the Sex Pistols, the Ramones and the Saints. And you sort of go, What? How can a little Brisbane band, um, and and and, this, and the story it's almost cute. Um, these guys didn't know how to play very well, so uh, uh, Ed Cooper explained that when they got up in front of people, they were so nervous they just naturally played fast. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't intentional to play so fast, but they did. Um, they they found it very hard to to uh, uh, find gigs, obviously in in the, the early seventies in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they converted their Petrie Terrace house into the 76 Club so they could actually hold gigs in their own oh. house. So if, if you uh, happen to drive uh, near the Roman Street uh, stations, there's this lovely now mural to the Saints and the 76 Club there in, in recognition of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just play a, a fraction of I'm Stranded because there's a better song I want to play. So and and it, I mean that's just that's just raw, and it's that di- you know DIY ethic of just who cares if you can't play, and it's that lovely you know the buzzsaw uh, of Ed Cooper's mm. guitar and Chris Bailey's just snarling sort of you know barely singing sort of lyrics, um, and, you know so that's a '76 song and again when you put that in context of what's going on around the world that's that's just incredible these mm. these these no hoping kids out of Brisbane tapped into together. that yeah. energy yeah yeah. And, and and it's and that's almost the opposite then of what we're saying about with men at work, for instance. 
where it's like we're gonna make it on the world stage. Yeah, it's more just like they actually had just this desperation. They're just making this powerful, yeah. fast music. Yeah, that somehow was pioneering. Yeah. It wasn't like they'd heard X, Y, or Z specifically. I think they were fans of the Stooges or yeah, something like yeah, that, right? Yeah. Which you know there is a there is a a prehistory, but there was something about and and it's well recognised worldwide. You know, yeah, people yeah. debate over and over: was it New York? Was it London? Was it London, New York? And then someone will pipe up and say, yeah. "Stranded came out in six and That's listen right. to it." You and know? And, it, and it's crazy to think um, that. Again, you know, that whole thing, the tyranny of distance and, and isolated here in Australia. But these, these kids just do it. And, and the fact that at some point, uh, you know, almost uh, to the detriment, people now say, oh, yeah, you know, they, were, they influenced us. Yeah, sure. You know, just like everyone heard the, um, you know, those albums from uh, um, the Velvet Underground, that sort of thing. Yeah. Were you really or are you now just being cool? Yeah, and saying, that's right. It's cool to now be And name check them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The second song I want to play is from their 78 album, Eternally Yours, and it's a song called Know Your Product. If you come in about 1.30 when the, when the chorus kicks in, this is an awesome song. Um, uh, uh, and, I, and I'm happy to say, as a Brisbane, from a Brisbane band myself, we used to play this one for the Scott Horn section. It's just great. This is Know Your Product. It's a great song, and it is the punk version of uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. It's just mm. talking about people telling me what I'm supposed to like and what I don't sort of like, and it's, yeah, fuck you, and know your product. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, what a great song. Yeah, and what a great band. band. I love it. And I love that they went on, and, you know, Chris Bailey becomes more lyrical. Yes. And, this, you know, yeah. and, and Ed Cooper goes off and forms his own thing with the yeah. Laughing Clowns. Uh, it's, a, it's a great, there's a great history behind it, Ben. Absolutely, it's a great choice as well, and and, and again, I love the the, the the difference between you guys' choice as well because it's like, you know, again, they they just seem to just concoct us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and it should it should have come out of Brisbane. It should Brisbane should not have. <laughs> have been at that time. Ah, oh, I mean, right. then again, maybe maybe that was what why. better place. Yeah, yeah. What, what well, be, you yeah. would, would have been, you know, about thirty five, forty <laughs> back then. <laughs> And there was a lot of political, you know, there was a lot of political oh, it was. shit it was, going yeah, on yeah, in this, yeah, in this yeah. state. There was a very, very right wing, you know, uh, government and yeah. uh, they're cracking down on kids, you know, getting out and having themselves. fun. Mm-hmm. And so it, it almost just happened because I don't know if it was necessarily so political what they were doing yeah, until yeah. this is the regimes you were living under. And yeah, as you say, yeah. you couldn't get a live gig no, and, you know, no. police are turning up in clubs and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, no, I feel like I might jump in. I don't know if that's okay I, because yeah, I've got another. I've got a Brisbane uh, option myself, and it's sure. the go-betweens. And um, now they, to me, represent the ultimate indie band, um, and they did indie music better than anyone. And they, uh, you know, recognize, you know, almost to the point of 
not becoming successful <laughs> as a genre, right? They they were not hugely successful no. at, at the peak of the of of the um, the creative creative uh, apex. Um, you know, they had that wonderful you know sort of naive sound. It was just very not gifted musicians at all, but they had a, a vision and a clarity. They wanted to express something, um, and. And they just became incredibly cool. They they went from Brisbane across to Glasgow, where they recorded with, or became good friends with. Um, uh, again, it's a Scottish connection with uh, Orange Juice and bands like that. They were signed to Rough Trade around the same time as the Smiths. Um, they almost suffered because of the Smiths' success, in the sense that um, they um, they were almost kind of doing a similar thing. You know, this lyrical, pretty guitar work. Um, but that gave them almost a coolness. They went underground, they stayed underground, and they were like a mini Velvet Underground in a way. Yeah. They weren't massively discovered. No. They were in London at the same time as Nick Cave. And, of course, Nick Cave went on from those days of, uh, you know, um, screaming about bats to becoming uh, <laughs> Nick Cave as well. So he's another one who's almost his own genre, but we yeah. won't get into that right now. But, yeah, I think um, one of the ultimate indie bands, the indie underground bands you could ever think of yeah. and hugely influential would be the go-betweens um i'm gonna play the um an obscure song just almost to underline the point but it really <laughs> does show uh the naive style of their early recordings and just the, the cuteness of it like in the kind of the fun that they were having with a song called karen um ben if it's all right could i get you to jump ahead in this one to sort of about two minutes 45 you asked me to get lee Rimmick. Oh, oh, we're doing Lee Remick instead. Oh, no, oh my God. I can All get right. Karen. No, no, no. no. I, th I think they're very, very similar. They're very similar. This one's obviously about the movie actress uh, Lee, Lee Remick compared to um, a librarian called Karen. Um, but we'll have it from the start. Um, Lee Remick will give you a really good flavour of um, what they're all about. Brisbane's Velvet Underground. She comes from Ireland, she's very beautiful. I come from Brisbane and not quite plain. She's from the mountains, so close to heaven. Clouds on her shoes, stars on her chest, and I, 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 lovely remix. She's a darling. And, and they, they were not shy of great lines. Robert Foster, Grant McLennan, yeah. both incredible uh, lyricists, um, got into you know the, the, the whole world of human emotion. I mean, you can hear a very young, naive band there, right? This yes. is barely yeah. recorded, uh, if you like. But um, a bit like your stories with Ed Cooper and with um, the Saints, like they carried on producing wonderful, wonderful music, mm. album after mm. album. Um, always interesting, always um, listenable. Always, always albums full of great, great tracks. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, in terms of uh, defining the genre and being 
wonderfully representing Australia. As you can hear there, they weren't shy of no, no. Uh, name-checking a few things. Um, yeah, right. Awesome. That's, cool. that's one right, Al. Yeah. Hit well, us with it. Well, I've broken the brief. Yeah, it's um, the way. So. Well, no, you haven't. Well, I kind of have. You can't break uh, this one. It's all loose. Well, they, they, these guys didn't really have, as far as I know, much worldwide impact. But I think their impact in Australia was... Oh, no, I think that's entirely genuine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, it was yeah. phenomenal. It was TISM. Mm. Um, so ranging from about 84 to 2004, uh, TISM remained anonymous, an anonymous seven-piece uh, band. And, um, yes, for, for those unfamiliar with TISM, I guess, if you call it social commentary with a lot of swearing um, and a lot of humour in a pop rock, of a genre that's probably as close as you could probably it's almost, get. It's almost like dance rock, wasn't it? It was a very yeah, kind of, it's cool. it was yeah. quite bizarre. Like the first, the first proper album, uh, great truck and songs, uh, the Renaissance. Yes, a lot of Gimp Marcel as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. They. Well, the funny thing is, like one, one time they're on. Um, I don't know who booked them, but they're on Hey Hey It's Saturday, <laughs> and um. Playing a night, uh, playing one of their songs called Saturday Night Palsy. Yeah. Um, and so apparently, like everyone on Hey Hey It's Saturday, for those who don't know, a variety show, uh, very popular in Australia in the 80s and 90s. Um, so anyway, they were booked. Uh, they had to lip sync, which they weren't happy about. Uh, so what they decided to do, being a seven-piece, was get another 14 people along <laughs> um, dressed up in... Like, they had three sets of TISM costumes that they would, they would tour, with, tour with. So they got uh, everyone dressed up, three different sets, and introduced, you know, a new version of themselves with each new verse until there were 21... <laughs> TISMs. <laughs> TISMs. Ah. Um, dancing and singing all over the stage. Wow. But, but they, were, they were so committed to their idea yeah this is what i love about tism they were so committed to their idea uh and and so it was complete complete anonymity to the very end right mm -hmm. didn't yes. know who the hell these people were costumes absolutely crazy i saw them at the mm. east leagues club they they changed out of these most bizarre black costumes and then they came on on for the last song which lasts about 15 seconds <laughs> and they all were wrapped in alfoil right <laughs> and and it, so so visually phenomenal. Mm. The songs were so clever. Yeah. And and um and and then in the middle of it you had poetry as well. Yeah. Um where you know it's the, the you know the, the one of the guys just you know sprout some poetry which which had, as you said was social commentary. Yeah. Um but but it was almost it was almost like they were guaranteed not to succeed because their whole thing was pushing back against mm. success and the and the industry. Yeah. And and so when they released songs where didn't they kill their career when they released a song with the C bomb in it? Wasn't that it? <laughs> well, well, it was interesting. Uh, like they did, they did have, um, they they did have a few uh, nominations and and uh, and awards for arias, which uh, in Australia is like Grammys. Grammys. Yeah, I guess yeah, you'd yeah, describe yeah. it as. So, I mean, they they won two arias and nominated for another four others. Um, but but yes, two two of the songs. Oh, actually, there there are a number of titles uh, in all the song titles that are fascinating in themselves. Yeah. Like even if they even if you didn't have any other lyrics to the song, 
just the song titles yeah. would be perfect. But they managed to get these titles in the top 100 of the Australian charts. So Greg the Stop Sign, um, which is just a bit bizarre as a song title. So it's just like, okay, it's odd, but, you know, yeah. there you go. Shut up the footies on the radio. Um, and, and one which I'm fairly sure that we've uh, discussed in a summer series in which you were alluding to, which is I might be a cunt, but I'm not a fucking cunt. That's right. Which, um, <laughs> which, 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 yeah, killed their career. Well, yes, it got <laughs> an angry letter from Bruce Ruxton, who was the head of the Vic- <laughs> Victorian Return Services League, yeah, yeah, yeah. sent, 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 sent yeah, to league, the record yeah. company saying, you know, this has dragged Australian culture mm. into the gutter, um, into the sewers, actually. So, you know, please, please get rid of them. They had He'll Never Be an Old Man River, which is about the death of River Phoenix. <laughs> Um, which hugely annoyed Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, so maybe that's a bonus. <laughs> um, but yeah, just so so clever, and yet so dealing with so many bogan issues yeah. at, at and, the same time. Think, so it was. I think that's an interesting point about it because because I'm sitting here going, what is, the, "What is the genre then?" Because what mm. you're really talking about is a band that's rooted in its own culture, that's providing social commentary, comedy, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. they're they're a comedy band. Yeah. Um, but it's so specific that it almost could never break no, across no, no, you know no. the, the, you know the, the you know the song I remember is, you know, I'm a wanker. Yeah. Right? You know, uh, are you James Hard or are you James Joyce? You know yeah. like well he's an AFL star, you're not yeah. gonna get the right. So but I think there is a genre in other cultures. Bands like Devo, for instance, mm. are doing an a social commentary thing that's really hard to unpack unless you're American and you know the yeah. idiots they're talking about and yeah, yeah. satirizing in every yeah. waking moment of the thing. There's yeah. bands in the UK where, um, you know, they're just so gleefully bad. Um, mm. Glasgow had a band called Hugh Reed and the Velvet Underpants who pioneered this <laughs> idea of, you know, uh, or, or Dred Zeppelin, for instance, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, who, you yeah, know, yeah. Who basically did that, that thing. Now they're not looking for worldwide acclaim. It's no, too no. silly. Yeah, they're having too much fun for it to be. But that in itself is a genre. I think I yeah, don't know if it yeah. has a name. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a commentary thing. It's a you know, it's it's anti music industry. Oh god, cases. yeah, it's, and that's that's just, so, it's, it's, it's it's almost like uh, they're Monty Python, but they man, they can write a good pop song. Yeah, uh, and they they're against the industry in which in which they're in. So, so they're poking fun at everyone. So the industry turns around at some point and says, "Yeah, well, no, guess what? Fuck yeah. off. Yeah, fuck off, and you, and, and good and good luck. Yeah, good luck to you. But, 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 but to be able to still get an audience to engage enough oh. that you end up with songs like that in yeah. the top one hundred yeah. that some <laughs> some poor announcer has to say over the radio <laughs> <laughs> to in some way to saying, well, we've got this song at this point in the charts. I probably won't say it and we won't play it." Yeah, but it's yeah. there. It's there. Um, but everything's a piss take. This yeah. is Serious Mum is the name of the band. Yes. Great yeah. trucking songs are renaissance. on. Everything is a piss take. Yeah. But again, but, it's 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 so clever, you know. Well, yeah. it's, like, it's laughing at everything. Yeah. Like, it's the best comedy in that. No one, not even themselves, yes. are sacred. Uh, yeah. Are sacred. And, yeah, it's a, it's a very useful role yeah. to, to have, you know, that court jester yeah. in the cultural landscape. Um, God, I sound like a tism wink. Wankism there. Um, so I'll play two songs that perhaps could have uh, cross-cultural appeal. Um, 
but didn't. <laughs> but didn't. Yeah. Um, so the first one is uh, if you're creative, get stuffed. Nice. Not looking at anyone in the room. Oh, yeah. My dad's a builder, his friend's a plumber. They're getting cancer, and you can get stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He works like a nigga for a bottle of figure. It's, it's 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 a great song, um, and it's so catchy. Yeah, and and, a, and a, I think it is something that we've talked about before that, um, you know, they would have had people going, well, look, I appreciate what you're doing lyrically and socially yeah. or whatever, but you know, why don't you do some more challenging music? And you know, the lead songwriter was just like, well, it doesn't get much more challenging than. A listenable <laughs> pop song, you know, if you can get people to hum along to yeah. it and you know, and, and carry its weight that way, then uh, then that's something to be said. The other song that I'll play, yeah, is um, some of their poetry stuff. So this one is called Morrison uh, Hostel, um, about about Jim Morrison. A play on the album of the yes. yeah, yeah, without the hostel, obviously, yes. hotel, yeah. Jimbo, boy, you're a crock of shit. You're a boozed, selfish thug. Why don't you give your mouth a go? And in the other <laughs> hole, put a plug. By Christ, you've got a long, long way on a schoolboy's talent with words. One crappy bit of symbolism and you're adored by an army of turds. You're a selfish, rude, arrogant prick. You're basically pretty stupid. You're Mr. Sism's a lump of shit. And so are all the girls you've rooted. <laughs> so don't talk about being sad and lonely or fucking misunderstood. Cause underneath that self-pitying phony is a selfish, brutal hood. I support them. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. They, they skewer icons yeah and 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 to your point kev they you know they skewered australian icons they screwed skewered uh you know religious icons the the my the, my, my favorite tism poem uh you know uh has the line uh jesus cross jesus christ on the cross as they drove in the last nail said it can't be all that bad since darren hinch went to jail yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know so they're sticking it to everybody but and, I, and again it's so australian it's so yes. australian it's yeah. awesome yeah it's awesome it's 
good. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think we've raised a few really good ones there and we'll have to definitely revisit this because I know there's plenty more we could bring up because, like you said, Kev, Australian bands certainly do punch above their weight um, on the world stage and, and not as the case is. Maybe not on the world stage, but <laughs> yeah. certainly within their own country and, and, and that. So, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, we will do it again, but get onto our socials and tell us uh, some of your favourite Australian bands that you really feel have either defined a genre or have certainly taken it to the world in in uh, an existing genre. And, uh, yeah, let us know some of your favourites. Get onto lordsofloud.com, get yourself a great T-shirt for Christmas. and uh, Or yeah. New Year. Or New Year. Yeah, right. well, don't forget your friends as well. Yeah, so. yeah you, we will need T-shirts next year as well. <laughs> That's so, right. Um, you know, the great presence and get on there and do that. But most of all, join us next time on the Lords of Loud. Lords of Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network. Double track you there. (laughs) Perfectly.